Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Goal Line Podcast. Today's special guest is a former boss of mine, Sam Cayucci, who is the current founder and CEO of One Huddle. One Huddle is a game-based training platform that helps train employees. And you know, I'll let Sam do do a much better talking and description of it. But Sam, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me, Jesse. Absolutely. So Sam, could you just give us a brief, you know, quick one minute summary of what One Huddle does and and who your target is? Sure. Yeah. One Huddle is, we are a tech startup. We turn workforce training into mobile games. It's kind of built on the premise that uh, employees today are largely disconnected uh, and disengaged at work. It's not uh, not their fault. It's a challenge that we have, be it that you know we're working whether we're working remote or managers are constantly trying to find ways to upskill employees quickly. The world we live in today moves super fast and companies need to find ways to uh, upskill employees so that they can perform well every day. So just like you were an athlete, think about sports performance training. The core focus is how you get an athlete to run a little bit faster, jump a little higher, perform at their peak. You know, we look at ourselves as like an employee performance platform. When companies play a game on one huddle, they don't just learn quicker, but they in turn perform better on the job. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm glad you brought up that sports side of things because that's what I kind of that's where I wanted to tra- uh, transfer to. And, you know, what can as a leader and as an employee performance company like you like to call yourselves, you know, what can a leader, let's say maybe a coach do to kind of essentially do what you do, but on the field, you know, how can they get their workers to buy into what they're saying and essentially upscale their players? Yeah, I think th- there's there's no shortage of how-to books on how to coach. I mean, there's a reason that the sports section in a Barnes & Noble is the bigger than the religion section. Uh, you know, it, it's there is a tremendous amount of information at everybody's fingertips on how to be a better leader. Uh, you know, for me, I think the best coaches uh, uh, do a few things. They 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 want to win, number one, which might sound silly to say, but coaches having a clear vision of what winning is uh, doesn't just include a championship. It doesn't just include a certain record. You know, so you got to want to win. You got to want to win across every part uh, of your organization, uh, regardless of the sport. So I think that's that's one that's one big one. The second one I would say is. You got to be comfortable challenging people. Uh, the today more than ever, we're not going to complain about any generational group, uh, although that's like a fun topic to for for many. We're not going to complain about participation trophy trophies with millennials, uh, but the reality of it is, fifty five percent of the U.S. workforce today, which means that you know close to that, that's a heck of a lot of uh, or a big massive change in generation, and means that. There's a totally different mindset of young people that compete every day. And I believe firmly that the best coaches are effective at getting the best out of their people. And that starts with challenging. It doesn't start with picking on. It doesn't start with berating. It doesn't start with um, you know, finding what's wrong. It starts with knowing your team and challenging them to perform at the level that you think that they can achieve. Uh, and if you do that every day, uh, you you know, in my eyes, you, you you're striking at the core of what the job is of being a great coach. I love that. I love that. So, what are some ways that you challenge your employees to, I guess, get better every day? 
Yeah. Everybody, everybody on our team, first and foremost, understands what our standards are. So every company has a mission statement. They have core values. They have um, words on a, words that might live in a PowerPoint deck somewhere. For us, we try to bring those things to life. We have 11 standards for what it means to be a great team player at One Huddle. So one of the ways that I challenge my team is by using those 11 as my guiding principles every day. And I, it starts with having them written down and in front of you. you know, so I argue if you're a coach out there and you have, you should have a mission statement. You should have core values. Uh, you shouldn't just have a goal for the season. You have to have a breakdown of what are the things you're going to live by to evaluate yourself every day. And once you have those written down, you have to you have to eat and breathe them. When I when I ran. Uh, when I ran sales in the sports performance world, we I worked for a few companies training athletes for the NFL draft. And one of the most impactful moments that I've ever seen happen uh, was when I worked with Martin Rooney. He's a performance coach, runs a company called Training for Warriors, used to lead the Parisi Speed School. And Martin, for combine prep every year, used to demand that every player uh, write down their goals on day one. He literally stopped the first workout gave everybody a piece of paper and a pencil. They broke out across the turf and they wrote down what their goal was and why they had to achieve it. Once they had it, he made them put it in their pocket and bring it to every workout. They weren't allowed into any of the speed or strength sessions unless they had it on them. And it was funny because by week eight, you know, th- these pieces of paper were barely sticking together. <laughs> they were like soaked through inside of somebody's, you know, they, they had them all over the place in their sock, in their, in their uh, tights, in their shorts. But you know, to your question of how you challenge, it starts with you know, rallying around the things that mean the most to you as a coach. And if you make those things important to your team, you can't make those things important unless uh, you have them in front of you every day. Absolutely. So do you think the coach should you know, come up with these, I guess, this team mission statement by, them, by themselves? Or do you kind of suggest that he brings some of the guys or maybe some of the leaders of the team to help make that mission statement as well? Or those core values? Weigh in gets buy-in. So I believe that, you know, while every team is different, and you're probably not going to, if you're a coach out there and you're coaching, you know, peewee baseball, you're probably not going to rally your kids around and <laughs> to have, have, them, have them lay out their core values. In that environment, you got to know your team and know that sometimes, like, I believe that people love leadership. People expect it. People want it. People demand it. It's like oxygen. You know, I believe that the term micromanagement gets a bad rap because I believe that, you know, if you if you truly micro lead your team and you do it, there's a way to do it in the right way that people thirst for. You know, so for me, I believe that weigh in gets buy in. If you get more people involved in the process and put their own fingerprints on it, then they are going to be more likely to connect with it. You know, so for us, we got our 11 standards were were built by me. But we actually went through an exercise where we defined the behavior and the outcome that we expect from each standard. And that was an exercise that took us close to 18 weeks, and we did it with our entire team. So if you're, you know, one of our, one of our standards is do your job. That's a standard. Means, and, and again, if you look at do your job, there's all types of different interpretations of what that might mean. So we went through the exercise of writing down the specific behavior that must happen uh, in order for do your job to be a reality. And for us, for do your job, uh, you know, the thing that we, we focused in on was 
you know, follow through. So being able to follow through is the behavior we look for. Uh, you're making your word a contract. That was the behavior. So every day when you walk, wake up and you go to work, and if somebody says like, hey, Jesse, do your job, do your job, I can look and know that do your job means following through. And I can think through everything that day, am I following through on stuff? And why is do your job important? Because the outcome of doing our job is having a reputation built on trust. Because people trust those who do their job and they do it consistently and they follow through. So the exercise of getting really deep beyond just the word was one that we got our team involved in. And because we did, it has become more important to everybody because it didn't just come from me alone. Sheesh. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's mind blowing. You know, um, I mean, just speaking from personal experience, I always, you know, I, I don't think I followed through too much working for you, but I do remember, you know, you did expect a lot and you did challenge me. So, I mean, it was, I was very appreciative of that, that part, but, um, you know, so how do you go about now during this time, you know, managing remotely and keeping everybody engaged and following through and, you know, living up to the standards when the world is kind of at a halt, or at least now we're slowly getting back, but, you know, right now during this time, you know, some people might just be stopping. How do you continue to engage and, and motivate? You got to adjust. And we've, we've done a few things to keep a few things consistent, you know, uh, the meetings that we had pre-COVID, we continue to hold those meetings. You know, we just do it over Zoom, but we continue to do it, and we continue to expect a lot out of it. The, uh, it, it you know, some things have changed for me as a CEO. I, I have close to fifty employees now, so it's really tough for me. Uh, where in the past, just walking into the office, I could see everybody, I could call an all-team meeting, and sometimes with just a single glance, communicate a bunch of words. I can't do that anymore. So it's put a, uh, a new challenge in my lap to try to stay connected and on the same page and building on the right relationships with everybody on our team. That is something that, you know, we're still working on every day to master. But, you know, I have by my desk, I have a list of uh, all of our employees and I have a little tally mark just to make sure that I've connected with everybody, you know, every few days to make sure I get you know, I, I get to touch everybody because so I think that is super critical right now. You know, just the, the the operating from a distance is a change for a lot of companies, a lot of leaders, a lot of coaches. But you know, the the we have more technology than ever in our fingertips. It's just a new challenge to master. And you know, the other thing I would give as a recommendation to people out there is you gotta you gotta keep your team ready because at some point we are going to go back to an office. We are going to go back to work. Uh, I, I don't think anybody is totally certain what the world is going to look like. There's no crystal balls. So uh, as, a, as a company that has always got to be quick to respond and agile, we have to, you know, we have to continue to try to do the things that we did in the office, even though we're doing them distant from a distance. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to get into now, you know, we're talking about leading. You're also a teacher uh, in the master's program. So what exact? I mean, I know it's hard to go, to be able to pick one or two, but what are you really trying to get your master students to learn from you as a professor? You know, what are maybe the the goals and that and the outcomes that you hope each one of your students to achieve? So I teach the revenue generation in sports class at the global 
sports business program at Rutgers. It's a grad school program. You know, we're in our, I think our fifth cohort now. It's an awesome program, some great leaders. I love the fact that the class teaches uh, for, uh, for global sports. You know, there's close to 500 sports management programs in this country and some of them, you know, uh, it's, you know, highway robbery for some, there are many that do a really great job, but, uh, you know, we really strive to teach, uh, for a global market. And in my class specifically, I tried to share how selling is a exercise and an activity and a skill that you need to be great at. And I don't care what job you have in sports and you have to be great at either understanding strategy or executing. But if you're a coach, you're a salesperson. You know, when I, when I, I talk to a lot of strength coaches still to this day, and nobody will ever convince me that the head strength coach is not a salesperson. You put an athlete under 800 pounds and you have them pull that thing off the bar and they got to squat it. Uh, you're, you better be a pretty damn good salesperson to get that person to like trust, trust that uh, they can make that happen. So, you know, in our program, I would probably say the one thing we, we really stress and try to teach is that you got to do the hard shit. And it's, it's just, it's a, it's a mantra that I constantly impress upon our team at one huddle, but also to students in the program. It's that, you know, every job, there's an element of the hard shit you got to get great at. And we unfortunately have a culture today with certain uh, people where we ask questions and we don't just try to find the answer. We're afraid to fail and great coaches are okay with losing. They're okay with it because they they know that they will build off it. So that's great coaches are okay with losing. Bad coaches are not okay with losing because they don't know how to do with it. They just react to it. You know, so to, the, to our program, we always impress upon people. It's a little bit of the Socratic method. If you, know, you ask me how to do something, I'm going to say, how do you think you should do it? And you'll figure it out and you'll find out. And it'll be tough. You might not like me, but you're going to figure it out. And I guarantee it's going to stick that way uh, a little bit better than if I just gave you the answer to it. Absolutely. So Sam, final question I have for you that that I ask all the coaches and all my guests that I come on is if one of your employee leaves or somebody leaves and they move on to wherever they go, what do you want them to have said about you? You know, what's the legacy that you want to leave on people? So I think... I think there's actually two parts to your question, Jesse. I think the first one is what you want people to think when they when they leave. And I, I believe that I want people that work for me that when they leave, they have an immediate feeling that they were stretched. Uh, that was tough. It was hard. You know, nobody nobody talks about when they when they win a game against somebody they were supposed to. You know, nobody talks about the workout that they just kind of went fifty percent on. Uh, you know, I, so. You're proud. You're proud of the stuff that you accomplished. You didn't think you'd accomplish. So, you know the the immediate feeling that you know. I hope that people that work with me and interact with me and get coached by me have when they when they depart is you know that stretched me a little bit. Uh, A few years. I think the second part of your question really is the the kind of lasting impact a few years Mm -hmm. from now. And you know, we work with a lot of interns. You know, you you were. You know, a part of our program, Jesse, as an example, we've had, I've had, I've had probably, I've counted, I've had been running internships for, uh, you know, close to 16 years now, which makes me start to feel old, but to, I don't really care. Uh, but you know, at this point, I just the the lasting impact is someone that can look back and and appreciate the the journey and appreciate the struggle. 
And I don't think you can really appreciate the struggle when you leave an internship or you can really, you're just too close to it. There's too much going on. It's just like a player on a team who might depart. You know, right away you're feeling, you know, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure that Tom Brady, you know, felt a certain way the day that he left the Patriots, you know, it's just a main example, but he's going to feel totally different about that experience in the next five to 10 years. And he's going to look back at it in the positive light and the, in the, the, the immediate, uh, the immediate cuts will now be just scars and, and they won't feel, you know, sort of as, uh, as painful. So I think that's the thing when, when we get away, I want people to hopefully look back and say, you know, I, I did learn something there. Maybe I didn't execute on it, but that's okay. But, you know, I took something with me. Absolutely. I love that. Well, Sam, appreciate you taking the time. Uh, thank you for coming on and best of luck to you in the future. Thanks, Jesse.